We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It's time for KNC. What? The real KNC. It's called the only KNC now, right? Best producers in the market. Morning show producers. Curtis and Ken. I love those guys very much. Podcast stars. Oh, how do you not know that? And you'd be like, ah, Curtis, idiot. Lumpy. Come on, Lumpy. Lumpster, you moron. And now. 5.30 a.m., the real KNC to live radio every Monday, a half hour before the show. Live on the air? Live on the air. (laughs) 93.7. This place is going to drop in ratings. Ken Laird and Chris Curtis on your radio. I think it's a bad idea. Here's Ken. Can I just say something to you, Ken? Yes, you can. I love you. And Chris. Ken and Curtis aren't adults. They are sycophants. Both of them will try to make me look like an ass. On Sports Radio WEEI. Yo! Let's get to it. Week three. The real and only KNC, the MNC pre-show. Blues Man and Lumpy. Ken Laird. Chris Curtis. Happy Father's Day to uh, John Curtis. Oh, belated. Big weekend. But, yeah, did you, uh, did you buy him anything or did you He use paid his for dinner. To- we went to Grill 23. <laughs> it was spectacular. <laughs> He's doing well. He was a little uh, under the weather in the hospital. Everything's going well now, so he's back in Boston. And, well, glad uh, we, to hear he's out Yes, and doing well. Doing very well. Had an exciting dinner. He got the twin fillets. Couldn't even finish more than one of the twin fillets. He's like w- lost more weight than I have. He's oh, 200 man. pounds. Oh, man. Curtis family is slim. Yes, very slim, mean. How about you? How did it go for you? Good, good. I went to. I had three beers yesterday with the Holy best man cow. at my wedding in McGreevy's. They had these great spicy pickle chips. Unbelievable. It was a great afternoon. Watching Red Sox baseball in the Epic. early stage of the U.S. Open. Mutt's on his fourth beer right now. Yep. And, hey, tomorrow we are headed the entire Mutt and Callahan show to the Travelers Championship. Looking forward to not only tomorrow's show where you and I get a starring role, a co-starring role. Correct. Uh, a minor role. Yep. It'll be Mutt and Jerry. Uh, you and I will chime in here and there. Well, Mutt's going to get the papers in the morning. Yeah, Mutt's the third producer, as he always is. But we get to go to uh, Cromwell today and have a little uh, show dinner. We'll have uh, drinks at 5, right? Oh. The bar opens at 5? Free drinks, open open bar in the lobby of the hotel we're staying at, which is Mutt's favorite thing. And Jay Gilbert's The Scene of the Crime, this restaurant we went to two years ago, where we had this brilliant idea that we were going to record Drunk Mutt for the show. All right, you were off. I was on vacation for this, and I and it am turned into a disaster, total epic failure. I record it. The only thing that you could audibly hear on the recording was salespeople discussing another host within the intercom family, and this was played on the air. Zarbato was about to fire me on the spot. It was a epic failure, and that's where Jerry Callahan famously asked Ryan Garvin. Who am I talking to right now? Right. Garvin was in for me. He's now the OMF producer. Correct. Uh, three years ago was Dino's last stand. I tweeted that picture out last week. I was there. You were not back yet. No. I was the lead producer at that time before you Briefly. usurped me as the lead producer. Correct. Uh, but it was mutt between Jerry and Dino, and Dino was getting the nosebleed. He didn't want to come back to face Kirk uh, the next day. Uh, so it was it was a wild time. So we'll revisit some of those memories, I'm sure, on the show. What an interesting weekend on WEI. It's been a while since we've had weekend programming that gave us this much to chew on. Of course, today I'm sure we'll be talking about the Anthony Davis trade and uh, Celtics and Mud will be ripping Danny Ainge or whatever. But uh, let's go chronologically here. We had the debut of the Hart and James show on Saturday. 
And it lived up to the billing, I would say, in segment one. I'm not sure about after that, but it was a good opening and a good debut for Hart v. James. It was excellent. There was some legitimate tension, and oftentimes in these cases, we build them up. Jerry gets very excited for some real actual tension between two people who legitimately don't like each other. And it it was outstanding. Mark James was off, totally knocked off his game by uh, Andy Hart, who provided evidence as to why he didn't like him. It wasn't just he didn't like him because he's bombastic or dumb or annoying, all of which are true. He ripped him for specific instances where he said that Gettleman was a racist because he didn't draft uh, the quarterback from Ohio State, Haskins. Instead, he got the guy from Duke. He said that you were he was wrong and, and mistaken about a bunch of his draft takes, and he went right at him. And Mark James had no idea what. To I do. would agree. He put him on the defensive early, although it was you know he he basically said I've listened to you once. It was during draft week, and your draft show sucked. But you're right. He took it with the race angle, which James had no defense for. He just pivoted out of there as best he could, and then James went on the podcast attack, attacking <laughs> Patriots.com and podcasts everywhere. Here's a little snippet of what was on Saturday. I hosted the longest nationally syndicated sports talk show of all time. Like, more people know Jim Rome than a podcast on Patriots.com. So your claim to no. fame is you know Jim Rome? No, no, like, no, no. I, I actually don't know, but I'm saying I, I – mean, I, I worked alongside saying, but, Tom Brady for 20 years. Okay. That doesn't mean I'm Tom Brady. No, I, I know that, but I'm saying I actually hosted his show. How many on, times? Once? Twice? Three times? 30, probably like 30 times. Great. Okay. I don't care. Okay. I never okay. heard it. But, but, I, I, but more people heard that, me interviewing Steph Curry on there, than they heard your Patriots.com pissant podcast. Well, it's not a pissant podcast. Okay. I can tell you more people uh, listen uh, to that than you're probably – Jim Rome? Right then now. Jim Rome? No, get out of the past. Oh, okay, Who cares okay, about, okay. You filled in for wait, Jim wait, Rome. Wait, 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 wait. So back up because you talk about stupid things. Just because you wait, didn't wait, listen to a more podcast, more people didn't listen no one to, else to a pissantpatriots.com podcast than WEI gets people in trouble. In this no, no, then WEI right now? Yeah, no, no, yeah, absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. So score it. Oh, that was uh, eight out of ten. That was a very, very no, good start. Oh, won? I would say that um, absolutely Andy Hart won that, without a doubt. Because if your defense, if your claim to fame, as Andy pointed out, is that you filled in for Jim Rome. <laughs> I went Mutt's through the impressed. list. Mutt's impressed. It's Mutt's idol. I, oh, I, Googled it. I Googled this on Friday. I mean, there are more people who haven't filled in for Jim Rome in the media than have. <laughs> Maggie Gray, Damon no, Amendola. Yes, Jim Rome. the list but is not pathetic. thirty times. James filled in thirty times, and then he even said he never even met the guy. He's just probably the only person that's available the morning of the Fourth of July when everybody else says they're unavailable. They go, "Okay, Mark, you can fill in." It's no. I think it's noteworthy. I think it should be on the James resume, the Marconi resume, but it should not be presented as like his uh, main piece of evidence as to why he's the greatest thing in the world. You know what I mean? He's he he puts way too much value on it. It's and his I, only I, thing. What else does he mention? Uh. Well, Western Mass and, uh, you know. Right, rap music. Yeah, right. I mean, Tupac would have been out of business if Gambling he didn't get prowess. money out of Springfield. But Yeah, I don't know. He goes through his whole his whole litany of uh, morning radio in Atlanta, and he hosts the radio in Charlotte. Right, and, got autographs in the Mets locker room. Right. But I think the biggest, the biggest shot against uh, Andy Hart's performance, though, was that he kept mentioning how many global podcast downloads the Patriots uh, podcast got. I mean, that was not exactly a great, you know, sign on your resume to say that you get a lot of listeners in London to your uh, take on Sony Michelle. They after that though, they really got kind of sporty. So you know, you can't keep that up for four hours. There was no way that's going to happen. But, no, and James, as you've noted a million times, is a professional pivoter. Like yeah. he will get right out of that every time Andy Hart had him locked down because the Giants in the draft prior to this one took Saquon Barkley, right? And there were many other players that they could have taken. Sam Darnold being the great example that. The Giants really should have taken Darnold because that would have given them their quarterback of the future. But he took an African-American in Saquon Barkley. So how could Gettleman be racist? And Mark James had no answer to that. No, no answer. He's, see, that's why James wants to be by himself. He wants to take shots. 
He is proud of his attack of Dale in the crossover, calling him stale to his face. But really, that was kind of a one shot and out. And so he's he's very proud of that. He's overly proud of that, I think. Right. It's proven, I think, Stale that James... Arnold. Yeah, he's a little uncomfortable in head-to-head confrontation. Yeah, and I think Dale would have... Had Dale really been engaged in that segment, he could have destroyed Mark James because he had the, you know, a million flubs that Mark James had made over the last, you know, year or so that if, if, if Dale was really as invested as James was in that segment, that would have been the crossover of all time. Now, the next day we had uh, Bradford back in for the Bradford, uh, Reamer, and Wiggy show, which was, you know, th- that show is like electric football. It's just they're all over the place. It's just a total mess, as we Screaming. thought it would be. It was better this week with Bradford yes. than last week, which was uncomfortable. Reamer was much better. I think we properly inspired him, wouldn't you say? He was much more lively from the start. I don't know what time he arrived. John, was he there before uh, 8.59? He was here at about, I'd say, 8.56-ish. Wow. Big Wiggy, Wiggy and Bradford were here for like 20 minutes, and we were we were shooting the S in here while waiting for Reamer to that, arrive. Part of that is Reamer doesn't want to like uh, admit that I've, uh, you know— uh, Challenged his professionalism, and I had a point, so he wants to be like fashionably late. I'm sure he was like in the car early and didn't want to come in right away. Anyway, he had notes. I'm sure he had notes. But he was. But yeah, did he sound drunk to you? No, he sounded, sounded good? very, very, very good. sober. I've got a good, good ear for that. So yes, he sounded like he wasn't too hungover. It wasn't the Sunday following Pride Week. It was a pretty good performance by Alex. But well, the yeah, I say feel... I sound like I'm drunk on the air. Please give me a break. All right, forget that. that, that that's a, that's an insult for, to for, my professionalism. Oh God. Well, the main gist of our criticism was he doesn't want to do the show. Well, it's my criticism. You called him drunk, which, you know, hey, you're as far as an alcoholic, you, you can recognize one. Correct. That might have been a low, low blow. Right. But if, it, if it's true, it's true. Uh, now, does he want to do the show? That was my point. He should be stripped off of there if he doesn't want to be a part of it. This was an embarrassing exchange between he and Bradford. He, he, he basically flat out admitted he's, he's just punching, his, he's punching the clock. He does not want to be part of this. I think you need to go harder at Ken and Curtis because they make you sound like you're lazy. Yeah, they took it to you. I've do you want to do this show? Do you want to do this show? I do today. No, do you want to do Throw this show? Throw it on the yes. table. Be tra- yeah, my why, name why is on it. Be- do you want to do this show? Yes, I want to do every show. No. I did the uh, overnight No, 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 no. He's being fraudulent, Brown. He's not going to answer. Listen, you know, it's Saturday nights in Plymouth. Listen, I'm saying, you know, when I'm my face off at 2 in the morning, the first thing I want to do is wake up at 7.30 and see my friends Jermaine. Wiggins and Rob Bradford. Of so course. that's Are saying you that you don't me? you that's don't want to do this show. He doesn't me? have he doesn't have the balls enough to just come out and tell the truth. Just do you want to do this Should show? I love doing the show? No, now you yes. now 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 you play today. Kate. Now you play Kate into Curtis Listen. and Ken because well, you, you know I mean, they're listening. I would say that the uh, Jim Rome fill-in show that Mark James <laughs> cites all the time now. Alex Reamer's version of that is that he hosted the overnight show. He's going to mention that for the rest of time for how he's the freaking Zamperini of WEEI that he did two to six following the Bruins loss in game seven. Which is also embarrassing. That's after a potential title. You should be excited to do two for six. Either way, they were prevented from winning a title. It's a huge spot. Two Correct. to six a.m. You shouldn't view that as courageous. And it wasn't punishment. It was not, right. none of that. It was the fact that you were the most talented person available. So I asked mm-hmm. you to do it. Never put a gun to your head. I said, let me know. Get back to me. And he said, yes. So we moved on. Anyway, Reamer's back in today with the guys. I think we're on a better uh, relationship this week than we were last week. Uh, he's not as pressured now. Wiggy's not in for the full week. Wiggy's on with uh, Dale, or with uh, Keith rather, here the next couple of days. Right. But in general, he's a little bit afraid of us now because we, you know, we've made it clear that we hold the fate of his radio future in our hands. So we push him around a little bit, and I think that's good. 
Yeah, he's full of energy. Whenever you threaten him or you question any part of his professionalism, he loses his mind, which is outstanding. And I thought that there was a lot of energy there. I don't know if you want to get to it here, but the part of that show is this Rob Bradford idea. The new Bradfoe idea. Oh, my goodness. Which the dynamic between you and Bradfoe and Bradfoe and the program director is odd anyway. So bizarre. So any idea that Rob has, generally you and the PD are against Oh, I would say that I'm usually between – I'm the buffer between those two gentlemen. Yeah, okay. But you you lean more towards our Zambrano. You you generally are anti Is that the perception? That's my perception. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, well, I – I think this is a good idea, but now it, it's it's going to be uh, mocked and uh, panned from the start by – well, I don't know. I, I will give you a fair chance to respond to it. We have uh, we don't don't have enough time to get into it here. But we're gonna do it on the other side. Okay. Just tuning in. This is live radio. This is the real and only KNC. Laird and Curtis. We are uh, given the uh, third straight week the green light to go live from five thirty until six. Mutt and Jerry are in today. Alex Reamer will join them. So we got a big show. We'll be uh, reacting, of course, to the Anthony Davis news, uh, the uh, U.S. Open. Gary Woodland, the winner. Jerry was all over the coverage. He loved the Fox coverage. Right. With, uh, Gary Woodland's a great guy. Took mm-hmm. care of a young girl. And, of course, we'll be uh, uh, talking about Hart and James and Wiggy V. Reamer. We'll talk about Bradfoe's big idea coming up. We've got a news update as well. And we're sponsored this week, Curtis. We're so big. We're brought to you by the Mercedes-Benz CLA with its turbocharged engine and exceptional price. Go from 0 to 60 in less time and for less money than you'd expect. Visit MBUSA.com for local inventory offers or to find your nearest dealer. More of the real and only KNC coming up. This is Mutt and Callahan on Sports Radio WEEI. The announcement is, after talking to many people involved in the morning oh. show... Is this, this is going to be a fake announcement, Rob? No, no, it's real. Happening. It's very real. Okay, it's very it. real. This is going to happen. Wiggy, you got to pay attention. <laughs> okay. part of this. <laughs> you, Alex Reamer, you, Jermaine Wiggins, and another guy, Mark James. Yes. You've been battling. Just battling, battling, uh, battling. You would battling. admit even Mark James is beneath us in the morning show uh, hierarchy. So you all want to put an end to this argument. Who is the smartest, the most entertaining, oh boy. the best... This is, so, this is my lot in life what now. we are okay. going to do what are we on, do? Uh, on June 27th, which is Thursday, right in the heart of presidential debate season, we are buying three podiums. Okay. Oh, we gosh. are having a formal debate <laughs> All right. with you three. <sighs> We're back here on The Real and Only KNC. Just the look, if you could see the visual of Curtis, it's the head and hands, listening to Bradford. Uh, his idea. This is a good idea. This is another solid Bradford idea. He's a good idea, man. You've got to give him that. Great idea, man. Brilliant. The great dummy debate with Reamer, Wiggy, and James. That is going to be a hit. That is going to be a uh, viral social media event. Held at night at Lord Hobo, it sounds like, is the uh, leader in the clubhouse. We need to get a studio audience there for live reaction. The winner, I think, gets a week on Mutt and Callahan. All right. I I don't know who the judges are. And the week after that, nobody's here because it's 4th of July week. But well, I have to be a judge because we are not doing a week of Mark James. So there is no chance <laughs> he's going to win that. But if you do it at night, you get insults. You get, uh, you know, you can use any uh, verbiage you'd care to. It's not FCC sanctioned. You can hit below the belt. I think that will be good. Uh, now, Bradford doesn't want to do it up against a Red Sox game. I think that's flawed. I don't, I don't think we should do it on a Thursday. I think we should do it on the Wednesday or the Tuesday. And just have it, and then have the week to react to it, because Jerry doesn't. Jerry's not here on the Friday. But what what are your objections to this idea? My my just initial objection, as with anything, is is what's the angle here for Rob? Because that is always what comes to mind. Because well, I naturally, get... Rob wants a pat on the back. He wants you to praise him. Like right now, he's fuming that you were not 
buying into this idea. In what way, shape, or form? I replied with a good idea. Now, you you and, and Zambrano replied with like, okay, we'll talk about it. Uh, let's do it on the morning show, maybe. Quite the contrary. I got the email Friday afternoon, and I said, I like it. What if, you know, whatever idea I had, I replied and, and sort of moved it forward. And then I got. You basically trashed his idea and said, let's do it if it's part of the morning show. We don't want to do it at night. So why would we do it at night? I, I never said those words. I think you're reading somebody else's email. I said, I think this is a good idea. We should have it be uh, based around the morning show. That, you right. Know, you, that, want it on, you want it on the morning show. No, no. That the questions would be related to oh, the morning oh, show. Oh, that, that the winner would I get some sort of a uh, you know prize on the morning show. That it would be, I'm the smartest. I deserve to be. Why they each, pre- they each need to present the reasons why they should be the full-time morning show host alongside Mutt and Jerry. And that the questions would be relating to knowledge you would need to be a key member every day on right. this show. And you'd have other categories. You'd sports, politics. We'd go through the, you know, you don't have to limit it to just you know, one question. Correct. Questions from the audience. I think it's a good idea. I think it will work. Right. Best background. I mean, Mark James would just talk about Jim Rome. It would be an excellent back and forth. <laughs> I like it. But the reason why this is uncomfortable for me, one of the many reasons my role at this radio station is uncomfortable at times, is because... I'm in the middle of the program director and Bradford. Well, you're the you're the executive producer. That's your job. We are executive producers, and I believe that they are always those two have these sort of p- passive aggressive squabbles yeah, yeah, at well, all times. True. So that's it's true. just an uncomfortable thing. But yes, that's how I stand. I now, think it's a good idea. Part of this too is you're down on Bradford because he has not advanced the Ortiz story. Oh, God. silently you're fuming that there has been nothing over the weekend. Although the New York Daily News has some good uh, developments. Correct. A story which you had. But not nailed down. I had, but not nailed down Tuesday. I had all of this stuff basically last Tuesday. I have the text receipts to prove it. And the Boston Globe today, after a weekend, has one story in its newspaper. And it is Tiffany Ortiz praises Big Poppy for Father's Day. And if you read into any of this story, you understand that David Ortiz was likely, allegedly, according to reports, not the greatest dad over the past year. And I think that you have so many people who know everything that I've known, that know everything that is in this daily news story and are staying as far away from it as possible. And you have a newspaper that loves to stand on a soapbox and lecture others about the damage of ripping the media, not allowing the freedom of the press, how the president of the United States is at war with the freedom of journalists to do their job across the country. And yet when it's at their doorstep, when it's on there, you know, when it's covering something that is uncomfortable for them to be in the light, they have no part of covering it. Well, I will say, I mean, the Globe had, what, like 10 people on the story? As Jerry pointed out, he gave him credit for the, you know, the attention they're giving to right. it. If not certain places, of course, they're not going to go. But nothing over the weekend. They just take the weekend off is bizarre, the lack of uh, advancing yesterday. That's true. Now, we have a very interesting guest at 8 o'clock today, which you have booked. Right. Eddie Dominguez, do you want to tell folks, remind folks who this is? So Eddie Dominguez wrote a book called Baseball Cop. He was in the securities aspect of Major League Baseball for years. He is a longtime, lifelong member of law enforcement who has uh, seen the underbelly of baseball stars and specifically within the Dominican Republic. And uh, he had some notes in his story regarding this gentleman, Manga, who was uh, had a gambling ring going on and had some seedy ties to Ortiz and others within baseball, and he has in Ortiz's camp somebody who was connected to gambling on baseball. Correct. Uh, So yes, that's his background. Which David wants to distance himself from, obviously, and I think he did respond on social media shortly thereafter, saying, "You know, this is I'm I'm not involved. I would never bet on the game." Blah blah blah. There was an excerpt from that book in the Boston Herald, and then it disappeared. I mean, it was like overnight because Eddie was, I think, pretty seriously threatened by Major League Baseball, 
and there was no real desire by the local beat writers and others, especially at the Boston Globe, to further that story. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what he has to say this morning, and I think that the story is going to continue to evolve. At some point, the motive will be covered in the Boston Globe. I'm just not sure when. And so is the motive tied to money, gambling, um, drug connections, just jealousy is what's the motive? You know, right. we're trying to nail that down. So I think we will advance the story at 8 a.m. this morning. I am looking forward to that. And, you know, the, the, the awkward part of it is Ortiz is recovering. You want him, obviously, everybody's concerned about his well being. He's still in intensive care, as you've pointed out, from a guy who's been in ICU. He's not out of the woods yet. Exactly. Oh, it's it's the fact that any and, day and, that you're still in intensive care does not mean you're out of the woods by any means. And Eddie Dominguez, you would say, generally does not have a favorable view of Ortiz. So. You know, you bring him on, he's he's not going to be, uh, well, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't say that. He's just, he's got some insight, which they've now become enemies, based on what he's reported. Right, and I think that he has, he knows people, some of the same seedy characters that may have had a role in the unfortunate shooting of David Ortiz, and I think he has some pertinent information that I think will be relevant to the story. By the way, we forgot to mention, Wiggy had a new program lineup, which he presented over the weekend. Tremendous. He has me with Christian and Lou as his ideal 2-6 to six show, and he's got Glenn with Lucy 6-10, to 10, which I like. I think it's a good idea. We should all get behind this. Epic show. I love it. And, of course, Wiggy's full-time with us in the morning. This may be Reamer's last show with Ortway Martin Callahan. Lucy's is morning drive? No, or- no, nights, nights. Oh, nights. Okay. Yes, yes, wow. yes. Excellent. And, of course, Wiggy's on from 6-10. to 10. But Reamer's in today. We'll see if he's got... Um, if he's got the fire today, he's back with the, with the boys. You know, Mud is back after his uh, Friday off, so looking forward to this. And we're going to react to Anthony Davis, the Ortiz latest, of course, uh, U.S. Open, OJ on Twitter, much to get to today on Mutton Callahan. Yes, sir. And Chris Curtis with headlines. That's it. In the books, the real and only KNC, episode three, the Mutton Callahan pre-show. Mutt and Callahan coming up shortly. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 